Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. This episode is actually a very special episode for me because it is the first time that I'm bringing in a guest on the Align Self podcast. Now, the guest is my wife. Now, she's a guest not just because she's my wife, although that did have something to do with it, but she is an expert in energy, the energy of place and space. Inside her business, Sacred Home Alchemy, she can actually do a remote reading on your house and give you an assessment of the different energies that are at play in your house. Now, this is vitally important because you spend so much time in your house. Most generally, you sleep in your house. And so the stagnant and dynamic energies that are at play inside your house, inside your home, are critical to your ability to manifest, your ability to maintain health and well-being, and the overall harmony of your life and family. At her core, my wife, Kimberly Kay, is an earth mama. She has a deep connection to the earth, the animal realms, and the plant realms. I've only ever met one other person that has similar gifts that she does. And so it's because I feel that she is uniquely gifted to answer the question that I bring her onto the podcast to answer the questions about home energy. Now, I do want to say that the recording of our interview was done with one mic between us, and so it's going to be a slightly different quality than is typically available here on the podcast, but as long as you can take that into consideration, we'll get on with the interview. Okay, so there was this question in the podcast group, the Facebook group, the Align Self Podcast listeners group, and it comes from Megan in the UK. She asked me, what are my best tips to effectively do a full-on witchy cleanse of negative energy in the house and preventing it from building up again, getting my broom ready for a clean sweep? Or, she adds, how to best use your home to create a positive manifesting environment? Now, I mentioned in my response that I could probably address this, but I have an expert that lives with me, and this is my wife, Kimberly Kay. She is my first guest on the Align Self podcast in 300 episodes. I've been a loner the whole time, and I now bring in my expert, Kimberly. Why do you think I'm tagging you on this question? Well, probably because you know that I've been studying this for quite a while now. Um, I do do this for other people and help them find these things that may be going on in their home or their environment or their business. Uh, that are affecting their business or their home and their health and their wellness um, in all areas. So, and you know all the things I've learned about it and you've seen what happens and how it works and all the things that go on with house house witchery. (laughs) So just for the sake of this episode, I'm going to pretend like I don't know you as well as I do. And that, uh, so I'm going to ask some potentially stupid questions. Uh, (laughs) No, there's no stupid questions. I know I rarely say anything stupid. (laughs) So for the general public, how would they even know if they have an issue with energy in their house? Well, there's a laundry list of things that you can look at if you're having sleep disturbances, if you have just cold spots, things that you mentioned when you answered that that post on Facebook. 
um, just unusual behavior in pets and your family and mood swings and health issues, um, you know, just getting uneasy, weird smells, like all sorts of things can come up. And basically people know it's just a feeling of being off. Things are off. Now, we have the advantage of having Skylar. Now, Skylar is a young man diagnosed autistic, and he's very sensitive to energy. And I've always found it interesting that he's aware of things that are just in our peripheral, and he is like an accentuator. Like, yes. oh, we have something going on here. Yeah, he's a great barometer of the house. He he definitely is probably the first person to notice when something is off. Or we'll notice in him, because he's off, something's off. Or he'll just point out that something's off blatantly. So, yeah, and, and it just goes to show that we're actually receiving that information all the time. But our consciousness isn't necessarily focused on it, so we're not aware of it consciously but other than consciously we're probably getting a lot of that bombarded single signals of um things are off you need to adjust this now a lot of people have issues with sleep how do i know it's just not basic insomnia and it might be something energetically um well that's where dowsing comes in for me i use dowsing to um for lack of a better word diagnose a situation And for those people who don't know what dowsing is, it's an ancient art form that goes back thousands of years, really, throughout many cultures. And it's it's a practice in which you basically tune into the environment to see what's happening in the environment and see where the chi, chi is another word for energy, is flowing or stagnant. A good example of that would be feng shui. I think the Chinese were probably the first culture took that and actually really created an art around manipulating energy in space. And it's a very complicated, much more complicated than it is even seen now in a lot of commercialized feng shui. But it's a lot. It's a very complicated uh, system of adjusting energy in your space. I use dowsing on when I'm doing a home. I use a dowsing pendulum when I'm doing a space and I'm actually walking a space or I'm doing land. I usually do a dowsing rod and you may have seen both versions of those. A dowsing rod is basically looks like and can even be made from like a coat hanger, a metal coat hanger. You just clip off the spiral end and create a 45 degree angle where you hold one end of it and point it out in front of you. What it's really doing, to sum up, is it's, um, measuring the fluctuations in the energy field. So you basically are getting in touch with your energy field and then asking questions and asking it to give you an answer through the manipulation of the dowsing rod or pendulum. You're basically tuning into your higher self, your outer energy field's and asking for clarification on current energy fields in either a room or a space or a, a piece of land. I know that might sound a little confusing because it is, it is somewhat confusing in a lot of ways on how it's done, but it's, um, it's a process anyone can actually do and learn. Well, I've gotten the question before, is people feel like there's a spirit manipulating or some 
external energy that's manipulating the dowsing rods or the pendulum. And it's really, I, the way I think of it, our bodies are a big antenna. And we're grounded, we're grounded to the ground, mm-hmm. we're walking, and it, the answer transmits through us in the hypnotic way is called idiomotor signals. Yes. Little, little muscle contractions and it responds and uses the dowsing rods and the pendulum as an indicator. Yes. And I think you've actually talked about uh, applied kinesiology. Not, no, I... Um, using, you haven't, you haven't talked about that at all before? It's hard to talk about on a podcast. It, it is. It's something you have to physically see somewhat. But doing muscle testing, which is used in a lot of naturopathic practices to help diagnose people with different like allergies and such all sorts of stuff but it's basically seeing what is strengthening your energy field and what is weakening your energy field and even the process of speaking out loud what you are looking for you can tap into the energy of it opening up so it will give you the information that you need Um, and it it does translate down through your body through the objects that you're holding. So if you're holding a dowsing rod, it's going to translate when you get to get give you the answer that you're asking for through moving those rods in that way. Uh, if you're pendulum, the same thing, the yes, the no. It's not something external. If you're doing it right, it should never be something external uh, manipulating it. It's not a spirit manipulating it. It's not an entity or an energy. It's actually... Your energy translated through, like you said, micro movements that create the movement of the rods. Now, with the rods, is different because it's actually picking up on the energy field and moving the energy field. Where you come into play is you're speaking or asking, even within your head, what you're looking for. So you're putting that signal out into the energy field and it's going to react when it hits that thing when you're walking across that line you're looking for um, whether it be a water line or a detrimental energy line it will move and tell you that's it my my first experience of this was as a kid my it was just common knowledge the farmers and different people my dad grew up somewhat in a small town and we were watch finding the boundaries of a septic system. And he got a couple coat hangers and put them through a straw. They bent the coat hangers in an L shape and walked around the yard to find where the septic system was because it had never been uncovered for as long as we were there. And we mapped out the septic system. And then we had a well drill, drilled on a property he had bought. And the guy came out and he said he was a water witcher. Yeah. And had had like a stick, like a divining stick, and walked around the property to find the pl- the best place to put the well. Drilled it, had uh, great water pressure, and <laughs> yeah. As a kid, I thought the whole thing was rather magical, but they seem rather pedestrian about it, like it's just something you did. It, and and that's the truth of it, really. It it if you lived in any farming communities, you'll you're gonna find water witchers because they're just a normal part of agriculture. You can actually even go on the government website and find articles on water witching, like literally water witching, dowsing for water. They do it for the oil industry. They've done it in Austria for, um, they've incorporated dowsing using metal rods, dowsing 
for just part of their planning, city planning. Churches and religious have, religions have used it for centuries to make sure that they build on power spots um, or, you know, crossings of ley lines, which are energy grid patterns on the earth that are naturally forming. And crossings of those, those ley lines create bursts of energetic, for good or bad, um, spots that can even harbor energy. So it's been used for a long time. Um, it was kind of demonized a couple hundred years ago by the church also because they didn't want people being able to do that. And uh, so that's why I think that the term water witch comes from. I think it, they were trying to make it <laughs> sound forbidden, really bad. Forbidden. Yeah, forbidden and it, you know, evil and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is it's it's just a natural phenomenon of um, being able to find and manipulate energy. Now, you use the pendulum and the divining rods to map out remotely a house. I mean, that's part of what you do is, is yeah. sacred home alchemy. So what can, like the person at home, what can they do to tune into any energetic or detrimental areas in their house? Well, let me explain really quick, like a little bit of my process and why someone would contact me and say, will you check into this for me? People, for various reasons, one of the bigger ones, I think in modern times is it's common, well, can be common in certain real estate issues when things aren't selling. And we had an experience with that. I had a client with that. And um, there's a, even a term called a divorce home phenomena where there's a home from a couple getting divorced just won't sell and they don't know why it won't sell. And the truth is it's, there's like detrimental energy trapped in the home and it's preventing people for, from feeling comfortable. And we're all familiar with walking into a room and feeling like a vibe. And that's, it's the same thing. That's the detrimental energy that's left in a room. That's the vibe. That's the thought forms that have collected and um, have not been like dispersed out of that space. And so what I do is I find exactly what it is that's in the space, if it's appropriate. And I always have to douse if it's appropriate for me to do that first and foremost. Why? Well, because sometimes it's not appropriate. Sometimes there are reasons for energies to be in a certain space. And um, it's not my place it would be very egoic of me to think that I it is my my duty to go and clear every single energy just because someone asks me to. <laughs> um, sometimes there are energies that... Um, here's a good example. Sometimes a detrimental energy line that's running through a home may be detrimental to one person, but is actually beneficial to another person. So before you clear out something that you is that you have deemed as detrimental to that person, you have to make sure it's not there for a reason specifically to help somebody else. And that's where a lot of the alchemy comes in and you have to ask for assistance from nature, from source, to basically balance out the energy so it's not as detrimental to some one person while it's helping another so we don't always understand the mysteries of why things are happening the way they happen, but there's always um, a rhyme to the reason. I mean, like you have to, you have to kind of always approach it as if 
you are just looking in in a very brief moment in time and you don't have all the answers. So you have to go through a very long list of questions to make sure you can narrow it down and that it's appropriate that you get the right assistance from the right um, elements, whether it be nature, spirits, or, you know, source energy, or whatever it is that you need to have help from. So, um, because it's really, that's how it's going to be successful. Well, there's two things that popped in my head. One, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you asked for, is it appropriate? Mm. And that strikes a chord with me from an NLP standpoint. Anytime we do change work, we want to make sure that the change is ecological to all parts, right. all subpersonalities. So that there's an overall ecology. And I, I love that you asked that question. The other thing is that you talked about nature spirits. Can it be said that every house has a house spirit? Because you've talked about our house spirit. Yeah, most every single house will have a house spirit. Now, if you have a brand new home, um, you'd probably be more dealing with the, the spirit of the land until you either invite in or there's enough energy accumulated to create a house spirit. But another word for it would be genius, genius loci. Genius loci. Genius loci. And that's kind of the soul of the house, the, the, the main spirit. And that's also another um, energy that you want to tap into to ask permission to do alterations in, an, in a house or, or a piece of property. So is the house spirit a thought form or a collective thought form? It, it can be many different things. It can be uh, an energy that's created as an entity really is... Accumulation of multiple energies all put into one. A thought form can become an entity, but it's it's usually a, an actual spirit. It's actually it can be a, an actual spirit. Spirit. I have uh, the one of my mentors. His house of spirit. His his house, which is in England, has an actual spirit of a lady who lived there in the 17th century because he has a very old home and she is the spirit of house. And so she kind of governs, she has um, volunteered to be the, the guardian of that, that home. So I guess we need to clarify that the house spirit is going to be a guardian spirit, a protective spirit. Yes. It's, it's always, it's always something there to, um, protect and guard the home. It's never something negative. The only time it would be negative as if it's very upset about something going on in the home that is creating disharmony in the energy of the home. It's, it's there to protect, so it always wants things to be in balance in the home. So I, I guess we touched upon it. I, we should probably explain what a thought form is. Well, everything is energy, I mean, we now know that even science is pr proving that. So um, all of our thoughts become an energetic. Uh, a thought becomes takes form in the, in the sense of some sort of uh, vibrational frequency, and um, will stay beyond uh, wherever you're at. And negative thought forms, just like positive ones, this is why you can feel like uh, an energy or a place have a lot of particular type of energy because it will hang around in there because they collect you know like attracts like energetically so the more negative thought forms you have the more they'll kind of glob together and become kind of like goo 
like energetic goo in the house. That's what I, these ghost hunters that go in and with different equipment, they're more often than not, they're tapping into a thought form, residual thought form, not an actual spirit. Yeah, and that's also why they will even talk about, you know, the more people that go in there and get scared and look for it, they just add to the thought form because they're feeding the thought form. They're creating even more of a thought form. And we had talked about this because we actually saw this on a show once where they did an experiment where they wanted to test a psychic about a particular place and see if they created a made-up scenario and talked about it in the space as if it was real. They made up names and places and characters and spoke as if they were talking about a particular event. And then the, the actual psychic leader came in and read the entire thought form as if it was a real thing that had happened in that space. And it was completely 100% made up. And it was the most perfect example of how a thought form can linger in a space not be actual truth just a thought form and then you can feel that energy still sitting there just by what you speak into the world which is very important to know that your words your your vibration of your voice carries so much power and can do so much in a space good and bad that's manifesting 101 Many people are not responsible for the thoughts, the angry exchange of words, arguments, uh, resentment that they harbor towards a partner or some other aspect of their life. And that's energy they're pouring into their environment. And it's, it, ta- it does coalesce. It takes on a, an aggregating uh, power that becomes bigger and bigger over time. Right. And I... That's really important to note, too, because when when you asked earlier about how do you know um, if you have detrimental energy, most everybody at some point is going to have detrimental energy because they'll have negative thoughts or they'll get in an argument or, you know, something will come up and it will just be disharmony in the home. And you'll unless you clear that out on a regular basis. Um, then you're just going to get an accumulation of it. That's why you should never, you know, argue in the bedroom. Clear out places where you do sit and have arguments or difficult conversations because that energy will seep into those spaces, whether it be your bed or your chairs or your kitchen or wherever. So you you got to be aware that that happens. And even if it's just kind of like lingering for a while and gets broken up, Um, If you are constantly in that, which goes back to the divorce house. So if there is a house that has lots of energy where there's a lot of arguments and hatred and and just a really ugly energy, it's going to sit there and it's just going to accumulate in different areas all over the house. And people are going to walk into it feeling that and they want to walk right out. So um, that's why you need to clear energy on a regular basis. Well, that brings the the client that you had a couple years ago. I spoke about it briefly on the, I guess, the introduction of this episode a couple a week ago, and during a time in the Dallas market where a house went on this, on the market available for sale, it would sell sometimes the same day or within a week. If it was on the market longer than a week, it felt like something was wrong. And this particular house had been on the market for three months. And so this client came to you and you did a reading on the house. Do you remember what you found? 
I, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember it was really interesting because a lot of what I do is also intuitive imagery comes to me just because of my own personal gifts. And so um, when I was dowsing the house, I was I have a long list. I have several long lists of things I can douse for. There's just so many things. And so you have to, when someone doesn't know why their house isn't selling, you have to kind of go through all the things. And when I was going through the things, I just couldn't find the thing that I thought it would be like, and I had to kind of, first of all, get rid of my own preconceived thought form that it had to be within a certain realm of things. And then finally, when I narrowed it down, it came down to um, an animal, which I thought was really unusual. And so I had to douse on what the animal energy was there. And bottom line is it came down to it was an animal that had was a family dog pet that was had passed away and was in the house. There was also a father energy in the house that was kind of a residual energy. And his father had died in the house. He didn't know that. Yeah. But there was a particular chair that he sat in. And he not, he wasn't the most pleasant person to be around. <laughs> but he also, um, he was very close to the dog. And I think because of his residual energy in the house, and he wasn't stuck in the house. He wasn't a spirit that was like in the house all the time, but he would be in and out from time to time because it was a house he really liked. But because of that, also the dog felt, was really confused. So what it boiled down to was the dog's energy was still around after passing and the dog did not understand what was going on. And so when people were coming in the house, the dog was literally at the door barking at them in spirit. (laughs) And people would walk in the, the house and just feel really uncomfortable. Like there's something off. And it was because there was in spirit a dog just barking at them, not understanding why there was these people constantly coming into the house. The dog basically didn't understand what was going on, so we had to just kind of move the dog into another space of understanding. And I just had the client, I said, I know this is going to sound a little strange, but I need you to go into the house, uh, say some blessing for your, your father, telling him he doesn't need to come back to the house anymore, that you're selling the house and that you're going to make sure it's taken care of and it has a good owner and you need to talk to the dog and tell the dog that he's passed on and it's okay. He doesn't need to protect the house any longer. There's going to be new people in the house and it's okay. He can move on too. And after that happened within, I think, a week or two. Well, they had an offer within a week, but yeah. it took them, there was a couple of things that they had to fix. So it, it, it finally closed three yeah. weeks after you did so, that. But th- that's that's typical of what happens. It's it, it, it can be a really small, subtle thing that's just like you would never think about it. Like, oh, well, I would never thought about that, but that makes sense. And but sometimes it's like a pebble in your shoe. It's just a, a minor irritation. You don't know why. It's what's going on. You mapped this house, and there's been certain spots in the house yeah. that... There's, it's a geometric line. Yeah, well, this is really fascinating. When I was first studying this, I the whole geomancy part of it, which is the the earth energy lines, I was dowsing a lot of our, our property, and I noticed something interesting, which was there was a line that I found in the front of our property that was going across the, the lawn, 
and it also coincided with a big, huge crack through our driveway. And then when I noticed that, I also noticed that this crack went through every driveway all the way down the street. I actually got in the car and mapped it to see how far it went because this line was so strong. This energy line was so strong. It was actually cracking the driveway of this this underground river all the way down the block, which was just blew my mind how strong an energy line can be, which, I mean, it makes sense, but I to physically see it was kind of cool. But having those kind of lines go through your home can disrupt appliances. They can disrupt energy. Um, the area that we live in is kind of a basin of a lot of underground rivers and, and water. So there's going to be a lot of that everywhere. And you can ask the the energy of the planet, the Mother Earth, to to divert water if it's if 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 it's for you know the greater good and because waterways are um, they're just conduits for collecting energy. Water's a natural conduit. And these rivers, these underground rivers, are typically thirty, forty, fifty feet below, hundred feet below. Yeah, they can be all different levels, and they can be stacked on each other. So you you're you're not going to get rid of it you're going to have to divert it alchemize it alchemize it if you can't you can sometimes arc the energy over a space that's when you get into earth acupuncture you're actually putting grounding um copper in and then creating an arc of arc for the the energy to arc over which I wouldn't suggest, but using stone monoliths has been used in ancient geomancy for centuries. That will divert and create energy flow and, and blockages. Now, the average person isn't going to know this, though, unless they do a deep dive. I know. And, um, so, to answer Megan's question, what are... Now, there's a problem with, I guess, doing just surface kind of ideas or smudging or... It doesn't really get to the source, is what I'm saying. Right. Well, so we're talking about a lot of things that are, can, can go really deep. I mean, I could talk about this for days. But in just the basic sense, we're just going to throw logic at it. Some of the things that can, you can do immediately if you wanted to help disperse energies. You don't need to do anything super woo-woo <laughs> to do this. Um, cleaning. Cleaning your house really well well that's a novel concept i know (laughs) you know cleanliness is next to godliness i mean all cultures have some form of phrase that kind of says that this is a powerful thing to have a a clean i mean we have murray kondo who is the the lady who talks about clearing out things that are no longer necessary in your life to open up for things to come in so so a person could actually walk around their house and most of us are blind to any mess, any accumulating you know, right. uh, disorder. And then pretend you're inviting, you're going to have guests come over. It, it has you look at your abode, at your living situation right. in a completely new way. It's like, oh, my God, I don't want them to see that. Or I wouldn't want them right. to see this. It's like, oh, man, I haven't cleaned out of there in ages. 
Yeah. So cleaning is always a good thing. Um, cleaning with like some baking soda and water is just like one of the best things you can do. Putting a little bit of a mixture in a bowl and then just wiping down things to just cl- clears off energy re- residue. Um, baking soda is was was called natron in ancient Egypt, and it was a very revered, powerful substance. It comes from actually a valley in Egypt called Natron. That's where it came from. And it was used and was considered very magical and had magical properties. And it's one of the best things. You could just add a little, you know, essential oils to that too to make this the scent good. Um, cleaning out your oven, your your fireplace, places that would be considered like the heart of the home, your kitchen, your um, bathrooms, you know, anywhere where you have stagnant water, uh, you know, your toilets, all the things, you know, just your house in general, cleaning out your doorways. Doorways is a big place for collecting energy, Um, just wiping down doorways. And so if you start with the cleaning, cleaning would be the number one thing I would suggest. And it sounds mundane and silly, but it's true. It's very helpful. And I would always do cleaning before I would do any smudging type activities, which is burning of incense um, to clear out energy. I, I think if you don't do the cleaning beforehand, if you don't do some of the fundamental stuff, it's like putting frosting on a mud cake. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to do the cleaning first before smudging. Um, you can always smudge in an emergency, but uh, and don't smudge with just sage. There's plenty of other herbs you can you know smudge with. So many different ones. I'll actually create some lists for your listeners on items that you can use for smudging and cleaning. In fact, I, I think we'll put together a complete list as a yeah. download for things you can do mm-hmm. to clear your own energy space. Um, the other thing would be. So we're going to try and use all the elements. So you want to use water, which is the cleaning. And we're going to use fire and air. That's with the smudging. And then you can use sound. You can use bells and chimes. I think sound is probably one of the most effective for clearing out thought forms. Getting a really pleasant bell sound. Um, There's some tools that are used in like serious house witchery, which would be like a uh, cistern, which is an Egyptian tool, which creates kind of like a rattle, but rattles, drums, bells, chimes, all those things. I sing sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. I think those create. (laughs) Oh, doing the oming. Putting on some really great music, especially when you're cleaning and not, not the, the light, sweet music we're talking about. Music that really gets your blood pumping, really blasts the the sound into the air, you know, <laughs> some metal. So, no, like literally, like some really good vibe music. And then once it's clean, you want to bring in the, the nice energy. So you want to bring in the nice sounds and stuff like that. But when you're cleaning, when you're blasting out energy, you want to use some pretty, you know, intense music. You want some stuff that really gets your blood pumping and makes it feel like you're really clearing out the energy. Yeah, and start there, and then uh, try and end with something that you are ushering in, and a blessing. So go around and bless your, your stuff, bless your home, bless your occupants, your family of the home, you know, your animals. Um, talk to your home and thank your home. 
talk to the spirit of your home and say thank you for protecting us and and you know caring for us in the way that you do and stuff like that i mean it really does go a long way that was that would be my easy another thought in adding to the thought form for the house is this is a house of love this is a house of wealth this is a talking about the manifestation aspect of it yeah you know we magnetize positivity and positive energy you can clear out and actually physically in your mind push the the physical the, the detrimental energy away and it leaving the house and you're bringing in because whenever you create a vacuum once you evacuate something yes you want to bring in the opposite. you always want to bring in what you always want to speak what you want to bring in and then also use objects or energy or sounds that make you feel that energy as well so that's when the you know the the gong sounds and the you know, playing the really beautiful music that feels very harmonious and stuff. Um, finding, you know, objects and items in your home that make you feel protected, you know, whether it be a picture of an eagle and a part of your room or a, a rabbit or, you know, if you have a totem animal that you really like. All those things work in bringing your home into balance and making it more your own. When we were in Taos, we pulled a pudding rock out of a mountain stream <laughs> yes we did we well, you say I, that generously <laughs> I, I, I waded in and got it because it just looked like one we wanted uh, well you you forgot i said i want that rock <laughs> like that one that big one right there <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's the one. And so I waded in, and it was a lot heavier than it first looked like. It looked smaller in the river. <laughs> it, I, I picked it up. We brought it home. And when we found that geometric line running through the front of the house, we put that rock there. That's right. I, I put that rock there and created the intention that it was it would nullify or alchemize that energy running through the house. And it, it can be that exactly that simple. I mean, that is exactly what I do. Um and I would suggest other people do. You can always create intention around earth objects and ask for their help in changing the energy of a space or a corner or, you know, blocking. Um, another one of my mentors had an issue with a, a cornering neighbor from across the street that were moving in and they were really rowdy and causing a lot of problems. And, and she was trying to sell her house. <laughs> and she was really nervous about how it would affect having this rowdy crowd across the street, her, the sale of her home. And so she took a rock and basically energetically stuck it in the front yard, kind of facing the corner of where this other property was to kind of deflect that energy away. And she said it worked beautifully because they actually ended up moving right after that. <laughs> she kind of almost like projected them like, get out of here. So we don't want you over here. You're causing problems. And it worked. So, yeah, there's I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole and um, hopefully we'll we'll do another one where we can get a little deeper on some specifics of things come up. Well, in this episode, I'm going to probably cut this one short. We're at 40 minutes about and you, I think we've laid the groundwork of how different energies can affect the house, how they can coalesce, how they can be created. We've touched briefly on some of the things you can do to 
nullify the effects of the detrimental energy, how we can create positive energy. In the next episode, we can do a deeper dive on specific things people can do, almost like a tutorial on what they can do to nullify detrimental energy. That would be great. It would be really great if we could have anyone who has some specific questions going in your Facebook group for the Align Self podcast and asking those questions directly. And then we'll, I will try and find the most relevant thing that we can do in another podcast and kind of go from there. That way we'll really know where people, where their heads are at with it. So in the next episode that we do on this, we'll have the, a link to download the checklist on clearing detrimental energy in your place. I'll ask Kimberly to also put down the things that she does and can do remotely to give you access to a greater awareness. Um, how about that one woman that did a testimonial for you when you read her house? There oh, were, yeah, I forgot the, about the, that the one. The cats were sleeping in a particular animals. space. I really should have talked about animals. And really quickly, I will talk about animals. Animals, especially cats, they actually, well, all animals that are your pets are here to help you in this lifetime. They have they have soul contracts with you, and they will come into your life specifically to help you through your lifetime for however long that is. Sometimes they'll even take on diseases, um, but cats in particular will sit in detrimental energy spots. So if you see your cats um, going into a specific area and hanging out for no reason, and you're like, I don't know why they're hanging out over there, they're usually trying to alchemize that energy away from you and keep it out of your your energy field. And that's just part of what they do. They're very, very magical creatures, and they work on multiple levels of reality, and um, they fade in and out of several different levels of reality, and they that's one of the things that they do. But another sign that you have detrimental energy running through property is you'll see a conglomeration of insects or like wasp nests or anthills or um, even certain kind of birds' nests and stuff um, kind of always in the same spots. And for some reason, certain insects and animals, they just like to nest and create their homes on that energy. When we had that issue with the ants, they were coming, they were right on that line, that line, that geometric line running through the house. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I'll do is I will create the checklist and I will put it most likely in the Align Self podcast group, Facebook group. And then that way, hopefully people can ask questions in there and we can, or I will, you know, do another podcast with you and give you more, some more answers. And I'll probably create another Facebook group to do kind of a challenge because I would love to hear what results people get themselves from learning some of this stuff. So in this episode, we won't necessarily have a link to get more information, but there's a follow-up episode to this that will make sure that uh, you have Kimberly's information and a link to get the checklist. If you're not in the Align Self Podcast listeners group, that's always a mouthful. The Align Self Podcast listeners Facebook group. So before we leave in this episode, I want to thank my wife for being willing to sit down with me and discuss this. 
I like and lo well, I actually love the fact that I get to showcase her and her talents and uh, have you actually hear the voice of the person that I've talked so frequently about in the episodes. And it's usually all good, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, my pleasure, obviously, of course. And uh, we sit down all the time and talk. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. But um, it's nice to to have this particular conversation for your for your listeners to hear. Well, you've actually conjectured that we do a separate podcast. I know, we should. Coffee Talk. Coffee with Dan Talk. With Daniel and Kimberly. <laughs> we, have, talk. we have so many great conversations over coffee. They would be all over the place, but they're fun. And I, you know, I love, I love sharing conversation with you, so... Well, that's it for this episode. It is the first of more to come. We're definitely going to have a follow-up episode to this one. And I expect we're going to be talking much, much more about the energy of space and place and how it impacts our life on multiple levels. If you want to continue being part of this conversation, be sure to join our Facebook group, the Align Self Podcast Listeners Facebook group, and you can actually have a direct input on what we talk about in the future. So until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, with his guest, his wife, Kimberly Kay. We encourage you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure 